Live a life that's pleasing to our King. Have mercy.
Greetings to our listening audience, and thank you for spending time with us at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We pray that God will bestow favor upon you and your family. Each Sabbath morning, you may listen in with us at Station KKVV, where our services are held at 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada. You may also view us by website at www abundantlifelv.org. The contact number is 702-647-2627. We are pastored by Pastor Russell Lewars. Our associate pastor is Johnny Holliday, and the first elder is Clarence Brown. I would like to introduce to our first-time listeners and present to others our very own Pastor Russell Lewars. Pastor Lewars will be delving into the Word of God as he speaks to us on a topic entitled, Can God Be Trusted? Can God Be Trusted? So please stay with us and pray with us as we invite the Holy Spirit into this place. We thank you again for joining us at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church and after the following selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Pastor Russell Lee Wars. Hear ye him.
is much when God is in it. God was in it today. One, two, three, four. Just a few voices. But man, didn't they take you there today? Even me. <laughs> Even me. Even me, Lord. I don't know how you're feeling today. But you know. But I also know who I serve. Amen. I serve a, an awesome, wonder-working God. And I commend him to you today. Shall we pray together? I want to pray. Father... Thank you. Thank you for coming by today by way of your Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, as we look at your word, as we chew on your word, Lord, may we be filled. Block everything that would seek to distract us right now. May these few moments be spent with you, for we ask it in your name, amen. I want to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, I want to, it was read to you, but I want to remind you about it, this passage today. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 12, are you there? We found it, say amen. Amen, amen. Ah. Bible says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And a lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old. When he departed from Haran. Abram's story is an awesome one. It is thrilling. It is filled with drama. It is filled with tension. Abraham's story is a nerve-wracking one. And so, with this passage today, I hope this story, I hope to unravel a number of gems to encourage our souls today. These are, in fact, times when 
people experience a lot of worry and trepidation. And even God's people spend their lives worrying. They worry about grades in school, unemployment, losing their jobs, approaching deadlines and shrinking budgets. They worry about terrorism and crime. They worry about bills and expenses, rising gas prices, insurance costs. They worry about getting old. They worry about their health and their children. They worry about identity theft, contagious infections, flesh-eating bacteria. They worry about living, and they worry about dying. Worry creeps in when any situation or problem gets to the point where it consumes you constant thought as to what will happen keeps coming back to us again and again and all of this leads us to anxious moments I've seen folk grow old before their years <laughs> fears unrealistic feelings of fear of the inevitable doom and Worry continues on and on. Some people are worried and are extremely sensitive to changes that take place around them and are hyper-concerned about their critics as if anything you do will please everybody at one time. Just the thought of others, what others might be saying <laughs> or thinking messes with our minds. Everything and everyone about us, when worry, when we are consumed with worry, everyone and everyone and everything around us is a potential threat. And when we are consumed by worry, a pall of gloom falls on every aspect of our lives. Worry raises your blood pressure. You become overweight, some of us. Worry causes us to lose weight. Our relationships are in trouble. Lifestyle habits change. Sleep is out of control. And then when worry consumes you, you are prompted to settle for cheap ways of relief from anxieties. So then we fall into unhealthy eating habits. Some people go for the cigarettes. Some start eating junk food. Some fall into alcoholism and anything that will bring relief. Whatever cheap fix there is, we find it because we are consumed by worry. And although we know Worrying accomplishes absolutely nothing. <laughs> At its core is the prevailing question. Can God, can God be trusted? 
Now, as we look at the story, we know that Abraham is God's friend. And God deals with his friend. If God deals with Abraham, his, his friend, with such reckless abandon, what plans must God have in store for us? God told Abraham in the very first verse, the Lord says to Abraham, get out of your country. Leave it. Get out of your country. Leave your people and your father's household and go to a land that I will show you. Leave your country. The only place where you ever lived. The only place where you had protection. Leave it all. Leave your people. Leave the ones whom you have grown up with. Whom you went to school with. Whom you lived next to. Leave all the people you trusted as respected people to do business with. And leave your father's household. Make a break for the strongest human bonds. They are family. And then the Lord makes it. He puts the cherry on top. And then he says, he says, go to the land and I will show you. Now you're perhaps wondering how do you motivate someone at 75 years old to pull up stakes and leave town? Now God is not like us. You know how we work sometimes. <laughs> we, we try to motivate people with threats. See, God could have said, Abraham, if you don't do this, I'm going to make your life so difficult that you'll be begging for another chance to do my will. God could have prodded Abraham with sarcasm. Well, Abraham, I'm a living God. I'm the living God that is speaking to you. But if you'd rather listen to some gods of stone and wood and money and wealth, be my guest. I'm sure they've got great advice to give you. But that's not how God works. God deals with us with a set of promises. He encourages us through promises. He encourages us through his love, not threats, not sarcasm, not by force, but through promises. God gives Abraham five promises. You heard it. I read it. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I'll make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And five, number five, most critical, the redeemer of the world will come through you in thee all Families of the earth will be blessed. Now to an outsider, to somebody that's not tuned into God, to somebody who is not hooked up with God, who is not plugged into God, they're saying to themselves, you must be out of your cotton-picking mind for me to be 75 years old, old and gray, with my old wife, and who's past childbearing, and you're saying to pull up stakes and leave town? That's outrageous. Sometimes it seems, it seems that there is more bad being a Christian 
being a disciple of God, being in church, then there is blessings and there is good that's happening in your life. I said sometimes. Like the drug commercial that you see on TV shows some happy people running on the beach, having, having, having a golden retriever maybe, and they're all smiling. And the drug, they're telling you about Cialis, I don't know, some, maybe a drug, I don't know what kind of drug. But everybody is smiling. But then at the end of the commercial, always the guy or the woman ends by saying, saying, may cause stomach irritation, vomiting, dry mouth, diarrhea, difficult urine, insomnia, blood flow, headaches, increased blood pressure, and liver problems. In case of overdose, seek emergency medical attention. Symptoms of an overdose include nausea, vomiting, tremor, agitation, seizures, drowsiness, hyperactivity, and large proof. At the end of the commercial, you're wondering if that drug is going to make you happy or the drug is going to send you to your grave early, kill you. And sometimes, with the side effects, we question the worth of our trust in God. But through it all, I'm here to tell myself and to tell somebody that God can be trusted. And now here's the problem with a lot of us, including the preacher. Problem we have with God. We, we, we like details. <laughs> we like details. <laughs> when we're dealing with, uh, with each other, we like details. Give it to me straight. Tell me what's going to happen. Tell me how to get there. Lay it out for me. We like specific stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We like it typed up. Bullets. One, two, three, four. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Details are okay when we're dealing with each other. Uh, but when, when, when we're dealing with God, that's another business. We prefer that God tells us, you're going to leave Haran. You're going to spend some years in Shechem, then so many years in Egypt. We like specifics. Uh, but, but God doesn't always fancy giving it to us straight. God doesn't always give us the details. God doesn't always uh, 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 give you everything to go by. Because after all, it was God who says we must walk by faith and not by sight. And for many of us, too many facts complicate things for us. Too many facts mean little faith for many of us. Too many facts may distract and cause you not to distinguish God's voice from your own when he's speaking to you. So that when he says, when he says, abandon a prestigious and lucrative career, you say, that can't be God talking to me. When he says, separate yourself from toxic friends and associations, that couldn't be God. 
When he says, enter a path of self-denial and hardship and sacrifice, return a faithful tithe and an offering as I have blessed you. But God, but God, but God, how I'm going to handle my business, my finances. Can God be trusted? See, God has something he wants to show you today. But a life of ease and the influence of friends and kindred may stand in the way. <laughs> Some family member may be standing in your way today. Uh, God wants you away from the influences, from your friends, from your girls, from your boys, from your backup plan, from your entertainment, so you can depend on him. See, their voices are too loud. And, and, and God wants you to hear what he has to say to you. The only way, he says, God says, the only way I can get your attention and to have you all to myself is to get you out in a desert somewhere. <laughs> Send you from Detroit to Las Vegas <laughs> so I can get your attention. Uh-huh. So, so, mm -hmm. so, so, so I can have you by myself. Now that I got you out in the wilderness, all by myself, I can let you know a few things. I want to let you know it was me who blessed you. It was me that got you out of debt. It was me who took care of your bills, your school loans. It was me who put this church over your head. It was me who put a roof over your head and food on your table. It was me that provided for you. It was me that healed you. It was me that cleaned you up. It was me all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was me. But hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, there is more and so much more, God says. You don't have to settle for what's Happened back there. I got some more for you. Yeah. I got some more for you. In faith, Abraham left his native country. Left his home. Ah, he wandered as a stranger in the land of his inheritance. He waited long for the birth of the promised heir. He learned the hard way. Let me tell you, when God tells you to do something... Do what he says. Don't try to help God out. God says, God promised Abraham this wonderful thing. Go on down to the promised land that I said to you. Abraham decided to hang out in Egypt and got himself in some mess in Egypt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets down there. His wife is looking fine and dandy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's nice when you can enjoy your wives, amen, and your husbands too. But, but this time the problem was with the wives. And, and nothing wrong with being beautiful. The problem was with, with Abraham's insecurities. Abraham had some insecurities, you see. Maybe Terah did not teach Abraham as a young boy about his insecurities. So when he gets married and in a relationship, huh, he has some insecurities about his wife and the attention that his wife receives when around different people. 
So he has a problem with the beauty of his wife. And it causes him, his insecurity now causes him to lie. But you know, oh man, this is so awesome. You know, sometimes we as Christians, we think that we can trick people who don't know God. Yeah, we think we can pull the wool over people who are out there and who don't know God like you do. Let me tell you something. God loves you, but he also loves the man down the road, on the side of the road. He loves the man who clubbed all night last night, drank himself almost to death. He loves them too. And so Abraham, Abraham thought that he was getting away with his plan. And God, God spoke to a Gentile Egyptian king and said, leave this woman alone or I kill everybody in your family. Don't mess with me. God is serious when he needs to be. God means what he says. And so, so God speaks to a Gentile king. And this king is able to rebuke the man of God. And tell him, how could you do this to me? You who know all these things. And yet you would lead me down the path of unrighteousness. When God tells you to do something, do it. If God says you, tells you to go somewhere, you should go. Not only that, Abraham needed to learn something else. See, sometimes when God is trying to teach us something and he teaches you one lesson, you don't get it, God don't give up on you, you know. <laughs> yeah, you mess up, you didn't get it. God comes back again and says, all right, Isaac is going to be your ear. All right, so now it's Sarah's fault. Sarai's. Sarai's got a problem. She got some insecurities too. Mm -hmm. And so instead of listening to God, she laughs. She falls out laughing. And she has a problem. And now what Sarai does, I would have a challenge with this. If my wife says, go in, I'm going to get this hired help here. Now go in and get me a child. I don't know. I'd have some trepidation in that. But the culture of the day facilitated that. Amen. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. But here we have it that he goes there and Ishmael comes around. And family, family problems start. And now you have Hagar and Sarai and Sarah getting into it, back and forth, the banter. And you know, when ladies have some challenges, uh, it, it can get rough. <laughs> it can get rough. <laughs> You know, when, when, when Elder Principal and I holiday, we have a little disagreement. You know, we can talk about it, and we're done, right? Right. And we hug and everything. You invite me over. We have lunch. We all right. Yeah. Sometimes, I tell you, sisters, you understand this. Sometimes, even after you have talked and you leave, that was just wrong one. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. But here we have a problem and Ishmael and his mother has to be sent out. If Abraham had followed God's instruction, there would never be that problem in the family. God got to teach him another lesson. So here we have it. God says 
to Abraham, take now, now, now I'm moving over from Genesis chapter 12, and we see how things are moving, uh, uh, things are progressing. God is testing Abraham, preparing him for something big. So when you get to chapter 22, you realize that, you know, things don't happen by chance in your life. Nothing, nothing happens by chance in your life. God permits it to occur. I know that might be heavy because you might be thinking right now in your mind, you're saying, are you serious? Am I going through this situation right now because my God, who I love, let it happen? Yes. Yes. God permits it. I don't know why. Don't ask me after the sermon. I don't know why. Okay? God is letting this thing happen to you. He's permitting it. He, something going to happen. Something good. You sing it all the time. Something good is about to happen. Something good is in store. So God has something planned for you, and, and, and it's going to happen. But in Genesis chapter 22, you see, there are trials, and then there are trials. Not every trial is created equal. You may be hungry, and you feel like you're dying because you don't have something to eat for four hours. And you say, I'm tried. I'm hungry. I'm going to die. Check out somebody who has not eaten for several weeks. And it's just skin and bone. They're so hungry that they don't have an appetite for food anymore. Ask one of the doctors around here. Think I'm kidding. So Abraham here, when God says now, now, now Abraham, yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. My man Abraham, my friend, you're going to take that son of yours and you're going to go somewhere. I'm going to tell you where specifically. I'm going to tell you. When you get there, you'll know. Really. You will know. And then he says, I want you to uh, <laughs> offer him up as a burnt offering. See, God has a trial tailor-made just for you. And many of us will never get to point B unless we have surmounted point A. God's got to prepare you, and he's going to give you that trial. You need to stay in the furnace until the dross has been removed, the impurities has been removed from your life. So God says, go up there and, uh, and, and take care of business. This man, Abraham, who waited all these years, who went into his wife's tent at 100 years old, <laughs> he went in his 90-year-old wife's tent with a prayer, I'm sure. Because God says, God says, go do it. <laughs> At that age, normally, even if you have it in your mind, it's only going to be in your mind. <laughs> but God says, Abraham, you go on in there, brother. <laughs> go on in there. Go on that tent. And I'll take care of business. Don't, don't do what I say. And Abraham comes in there. He goes in there and boom, pregnant. At 90 years old, she has the baby at 90 years old. And here we see it. 
Here we see it. God is saying to Abraham, take this same boy that I've given to you miraculously and go up there, offer him as a sacrifice. Now imagine Abraham telling, I think about this while I was looking at this. I said to myself, imagine me telling the wife, Rosa, I'm going to go up to Mount Charleston and um, we're going <laughs> to take our bundle of joy and I'll be away three days and um, I'm going to offer it. Our son, our one and only son, as a burnt offering. I don't think that would go over too well. Even if I used honey, even if I said mi amor, even if I said sugar, sweetheart, I don't think any of that would work. So Abraham kept it to himself. <laughs> the wise thing to do. And still God doesn't give Abraham any more details. And he doesn't have to give you any details. Because God is God. He's God all by himself. And when God says to do it, do what he says to do it. Sometimes we're caught up by where we need to be that we miss out on the joy of the journey of the experience God wants you to have. God says, take now thy only son. God is saying something to you. He's teaching Abraham something. God wants to point something out to Abraham. He says, I want to teach you how to handle pressure. I want to teach you how to deal with stress. I want to teach you how to deal with worry in your life. Maybe God is using your test right now to teach you something. But you're saying, Lord, I'm tired of the journey. I'm, I'm waiting and looking for a job. Lord, I'm sick of the criticism and the problems in my family. Lord, how am I going to pay my bills? God, oh, I want help. Just, God is saying, just walk with me, and I'll show you the things I have in store for you. God may not be big on details. God may not be big on details, but he's sure committed in seeing us through to the end. God is still God. He says it, and he's going to do it. So Abraham sets out to discover what God is able to do. We like maps. We like these different gadgets and things to show us where to go. God knows what he can do, but do you? Do you know what God can do? You say you do, but are we? Are we truly committed and convicted to the fact of what God will do for us? Doesn't need us to tell him how awesome he is. Wonderful, merciful. God don't need us to tell him that. But it's all right for us to tell him. He knows that already. God wants us to learn. That's why we sing and we praise him. He wants us to learn and to understand and to be reminded that he is God and he's awesome. He's sovereign. There is no one like him. 
Just before heading up, Abraham stops at the foot of the mountain and leaves the animals and hired help behind. You know, sometimes when you're on the journey to see God, when you're going through some serious challenges, when you're questioning God, have you ever, in your prayer time, start asking God some questions? So I write to ask God questions. Yeah, Abraham did it. Abraham is the man with the questions. Abraham is there at the, at, at, at the foot of the mountain and he leaves the animals there. Sometimes when you get into some situations, it's going to bring about separation when you decide to follow God. When you decide to submit and to surrender to God, there's going to be some separating. Yes, yes. I can tell you, the higher the rung, the ladder goes. As you ascend to God, as you grow in your relationship with God, you're going to lose some friends. The crowd around you will, oh, it goes a little smaller, you know. Yeah, the people who used to call you to go hang out, they don't call anymore. <laughs> they don't want to hang with no Holy Ghost feel right. Nah, nah. You're going to break the mood. You're going to kill the spirit. You're going to break up the fun. You stay by yourself. There's some separation that's going to occur when you follow and submit to God. And some of us have a problem with being alone. Yeah. I'm alone. You know, I'm by myself. I'm, I'm alone. I don't got nobody to go home to. I'm alone. I, I can't make it by myself. So, so, so I want to ask you a question. Is it better to be alone with God than to be trapped in an unhappy relationship with somebody? I'll be better by myself. <laughs> I want to say, you know, they have that thing. I saw it somewhere. It, it, I can do bad all by myself. I can be good all by myself with God. <laughs> Don't need no help from you. And alone time doesn't mean me time. That's not what alone time means. Alone time means time spent with God. Fulfillment and joy. When trouble comes, I want somebody to know. You can say like Elijah, what Elisha said to his servant, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So, 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 but that doesn't solve Abraham's problem. He's up the mountain now. And I'm sure he's talking to God. But there's silence from heaven. Uh, you know those moments? You've been praying about a job and you've been looking. I don't mean like some people praying for a job and sit at home. I'm talking about people who are praying for a job and they go over to Walmart and, 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 and Target or walk one of these places and go check it out. <laughs> Those are the people I'm talking about. You have been praying, you have been going, and no answer. You're qualified, and nobody's hiring. And yet, 
people are getting richer, that, that, that person at the top is getting fatter and wealthier. And the other person down here is getting worse. Moments of silence. Not the best time for the Christian, some of us. I won't say. It is really not the time. Because that time brings us into depression for a lot of us. Anxiety and pain and belly aching and worry. High blood pressure. Some of us got getting thin. And some start getting... Moments of silence. And, but Abraham is up there and he's praying. He talked with his son. You know, you know, Abraham, Abraham has everything ready. He's got the knife. He's got the wood. He's got the fire. Are you still with me? He's got the fire. He's got rope. And he's got Isaac. So I'm sure Isaac must have said, so um, all right. We have done this before. We have been up here. Not this mountain, but we have done burnt offerings before and sacrifice. We have done that. So, Dad, where's the business? Where is the animal? And Dad says, like a good old father, looks at his son. About 20 years old, antiquity, Jewish antiquity tells us he was no little guy, a big grown man, and says, son, the Lord will provide with confidence. <laughs> I tell you right now, I don't know how I would do it. But the Bible says, Hebrews 11, verse 19, write that baby down. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 19. In the Bible, it tells us something that's not over in Genesis. It gives us the answer, the frame of mind of Abraham. Abraham grasped the divine word, trusted in the divine word of God. And the Bible says he concluded that God was able to raise up his son even from the dead. That's the kind of trust I need in my life. That's the kind of trust we need in our lives. That even though I put the knife down his throat, God is able to bring him back from the dead. Abraham is in the zone now. You know in the zone. You know in the zone, Brother Mike, you told me this morning, you know when I come in, I'm in the zone. <laughs> Abraham is in the zone now. God is going to do something to save my boy. Nothing else mattered now. There was unconditional love and unshakable trust. Abraham will sacrifice his son, his only son, as a burnt offering. Now back up. Burnt offering is not a pretty thing. Uh, some of you don't know about killing animals, but I do. Yeah, I grew up a part-time in the country. So I know what it is to cut the throat of a goat. I know personally. Oh, yeah. And this is, this is, this, this is a bloody thing. And, and the animal is tied down on the wood. The throat is cut. 
and the blood is collected and the animal burned. And Isaac, grown man, allows his father to time down on the altar, on the wood, and to be prepared as burnt offering. And there he is, submitted himself. Abraham raises the knife to slay his one and only son, the child of promise, the child that we all in here depend on. And just when Abraham is about to physically whack the throat of Isaac, God says from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, do not harm the lad. Stop, Abraham, hold up. Don't miss this. The reason God said to Abraham, cried out to him from heaven, Alexis, it's not because he wanted just to save Isaac. God read Abraham's mind, Jory, and found out new that Abraham had fulfilled the request up here before he did it down there. God wants your mind, not just what you're doing physically, going through the motions, following the traditions. God wants the submission up here in our minds. And if you submit it up here, you'll submit it out there in your life. So you're stuck in your mess because your mind is messed up. You keep going back to that same place of shame and guilt because in your mind, your mind has not surrendered. But God says, by myself I've sworn, saith Yehovah, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Yeah. God is saying I need you to obey me. Abraham, I didn't want your son. <laughs> I didn't want Isaac. That's not why I called you up here to Mount Moriah. I wanted to know if I could interrupt you a little <laughs> from your routine. I, I, I wanted to know if I could change the direction of your life. I wanted to know if I could get in your business just a little bit and in your plans just a little bit. I wanted to know when the dark times come, if you would still trust in me to take you through. Can I disturb you a little bit, Abraham? I want you to know God can be trusted because he knows what we need. He knows when we need it. And he knows just how to provide it. He provides the right thing at the right place at the very right time. Just when you run out of ideas, no. Know that God has something on the way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, God has much more and so much more. He has something good in store for us. That's why Isaiah 65, 24 says, before you call, I will answer. While you're yet speaking, I will hear from heaven. Look over there, Abraham. Look, 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 Abraham. Look over there. There's a ram caught in the thicket. Go get him. Take your son off the altar. I don't need him. I needed to get your attention. He's the same God. Yesterday, God can be trusted because he won't change. People change. People break promises. People break vows. People break covenants. But God will never change. What he says, he will do. God will provide because he's Jehovah Jireh. Got a God who knows what you need and is able to provide it. So I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Probably had too much fun today. Abraham had only one son. So God has only one son. Abraham loved Isaac deeply, so God loved Jesus. The father loved Jesus deeply. Mm -hmm. Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, so God was willing to sacrifice Jesus. Abraham was, was to sacrifice Isaac on a mountain in Moriah, so God would later sacrifice, 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 sacrifice Jesus on a mountain just outside of Jerusalem, a mountain called Calvary. As Abraham rose up early to go to Moriah, so God predetermined the cross of Calvary even before the creation of the world. From the foundation of the world, as Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, so God placed the cross upon the shoulders of Jesus. God provided Isaac a lamb. Provided a lamb instead of Isaac. But there would come centuries later a lamb. That John the baptizer says, Thou art the lamb. Behold the lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. And he would die, this lamb. That second lamb was Jesus the Christ. Heavenly Father, saw that blessed Savior being nailed to a cross. While people laughed, they laughed rather and mocked and spit upon him and yet he spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. Yes, God says quit your worrying. What you worrying about? Can you change anything? Can you change What's going on in your life through worry? Look at the robins. Look at the grass and the flowers. Aren't you more important than those? More beautiful array than what you can imagine or think about. Aren't you more important? Praise God a day, I'm important. <laughs> I'm important. I am important. I don't need nobody to tell me I'm important. My father says I'm important. I'm important. So now I walk a little differently. I talk a little differently. I don't talk like them people who got no hope. No, 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 no. 
I don't look like those people who got no hope. And that don't mean I hop and skip everywhere I go. No. I walk with a sense of confidence knowing that my Jesus will come. He's going to come again. And he's going to take me home. So I don't need to bellyache and worry about no economy. I don't need to worry about no job. I don't need to talk to me. I don't need to worry about no problem in the family. I don't need to worry about concerns. God is going to fix it. Because he's all powerful. Cattle up on a thousand hills, hairs. He owns the world. <laughs> all of this belongs to him. All of this, including this. Everything belongs to him. So I can trust him. God can be trusted. I wanted to remind somebody today. God can be trusted. Yeah. How I know this. He's been with me through it all. He's been with me back there. <laughs> I laugh because I know. He's been with me back there. Don't you know? He's been there with you through the ups and the downs, through the clouds and the sunshine. God has been there. You know, I'm done, but I want to give somebody an opportunity today. I want to remind somebody God can be trusted. Stand with me. God can be trusted. I needed to hear that today. I needed to be reminded. I don't care where you serve, who you are, where you work. Sometimes you need to be reminded of God's sovereignty. And I want to remind you today, I wanted to remind you that God is still sitting on the throne. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm going to pray. But I'm wondering if somebody today, someone who has been going through something and wanted to say, Lord, I want to trust you. Just raise your hand, whichever hand you like. Lord, I want to trust you. Raise your hand. That's my question. Lord, I want to trust you. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, God saw those hands. If there's anybody you can trust, it's God. Mother, father may forsake you. That's what the scripture said. The Bible said. But I will never leave you. Hallelujah. Or forsake you. Praise him. Uh, yeah. Praise God. I have another appeal to make. Then I'm going to sit down and end. Are you here today and you want to commit your life to Jesus? I want to pray a special prayer for you. While the church is praying, I, I, I'm not going to drag this out. If you're here and you want to come down front and say, preacher, pray for me. I'm one of those. Come on down. Just say, excuse me, come on down. Praise God. 
Praise the Lord. This is your moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Just say while you're praying, hallelujah. There it is. All that means, just praise God. That's all it means. Praise God, sister. Come on down here. And while the church is praying, power of prayer. That's how some of you got in through the door, through prayer. When you were gallivanting and doing your own thing, thinking you were having fun, it was church praying people who got you through the door. Is there someone else here today who would like to come down and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I don't need to know your problem. Come on down. Come down. Walk on down like I like to use the word conqueror. That's it, sister. Come on. Praise God. It's good to see you. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you. You're a conqueror today. Yes, you are. Believe that. Believe that. Come on down, sisters. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is a conqueror. I don't care what you're going through. I'm going to tell it to you straight. You can't come up in here and pretend and leave like everything is okay when it's not. You got to give it to Jesus. Yes. Give it to the Lord. This is your moment. This is the time. This is your moment. This is the time. The devil can't distract you right now. That's all right. This is your moment. How about over here? If there's somebody who want to come down and say, Lord, here is my life. Take it. Do, what you, do whatever you want. I'm going to trust you to take care of business. I'm sick of trying to fix it myself. Here am I. I'm tired of making excuses. I'm tired of the same, same, you know I'm trying, Lord. I'm, I'm trying. You know I'm trying. God knows you're trying, but God wants you. Sister, God wants you. Amen. Come on down. Come on down. God, here's my life. Take it. I don't have no power in me. I found that out year in, year out, trying it on my own. And I've failed over and over again. I've failed. Lord, here am I. Send me. What, 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 what do you want to sacrifice today? Huh? You got something you want to sacrifice? Here's your moment. Here is your time. Just tell, turn to your side and say, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. Get your hand out of my life. God, you're doing this, not me. You're doing this, not me. Oh, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. You know, I'm going to pray right now. Las Vegas is a tough city. I learned that by watching National Geographic Channel. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I didn't know this. I've been here five years and I didn't know. I didn't know just how tough it is out there. And we live and work here, so I know. I know you're not exempted from the pool of the city. But I know we serve a big God. And Daniel lived in Babylon. And Daniel, 
stood for God. He prayed three times a day in spite of the fact that they were watching him and talking about him and they were trying to kill him, but he was still praying. And the Lord delivered him and saw him through king after king after king. So God can see you through trial after trial after trial. God can say, Father, thank you for this moment. Oh God, I, I spent some time today. I just couldn't help talking about you. Sometimes, oh God, the shadow falls on us. And we feel like we're all alone. And, and there is silence, oh God. And we can't handle the silence. But help us to remember that during the silence we are being carried, <laughs> we are being lifted by you. And that's why it's so quiet. And in the silence, oh God, that's when, that's when we listen to you even more. Our hearts and our minds are in tune with you when we're going through the storms. For many of us, that's the only time you have our attention. Thanks for not giving up on us today. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing us through. Thank you for, for allowing us to come back time and time and time and time again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. Thank you for being so faithful. When people would, would give up and, and let us go and, and, and try to show us the door, you came back for us and delivered us, and provided just in the nick of time. I'm so glad to be a part of this, because that's the God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, these people came. You know their specific need, and you can fix it. You not only know it, but God, you are able. Just like you did it for Abraham and Isaac, you can do it for us. You're the same yesterday, today. Your God never change. Do it for them, Jesus. Do it for them. Lord, bless them. Those who came, anoint them. Anoint abundant life. May prayer be not just a moment or an event, but a lifestyle. Help us to be a praying people, oh God, please. Help us, Abundant Life, to be a praying church. Because we know where there's much prayer, there's much power. Thank you, Jesus. Bless us. Fill us with thy Holy Spirit one last time. For we ask it in the name that's above every name. The name Jesus. Let God's people say, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for good measure. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated, church.
Let the church say amen again. Amen. Can you trust God? Let us bow our heads for the benediction. Thank you, Jesus, for the manner on high. Uh, Father, the question is, can we trust God? I believe that we can trust God. Father, we ask that the message we heard will be lived, that from such a message we will go out into the world, and we will emulate what thus said the Lord. And now, dear God, as we prepare to leave this place, we beg of you, Please don't leave our presence. Bless us when you return, that we may be found in that awesome kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, let everyone say, Amen.